Welcome to Talk Your Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Diamond Ariel. And if you're Black, a person of color, or an ally, this podcast is for you. This platform gives Black entrepreneurs and creatives a space to be seen, heard, and understood, to have audacity, talk their shit, and look good while doing it. This isn't a place to be humble, rather to be yourself and take up every inch of space you deserve. So get ready because it's time for you to talk your shit. Welcome to this week's episode of Talk Your Shit Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the art of songwriting and what it's like being in the entertainment industry. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Nyong'o. How are you? Hello, hello. hello. I'm so happy to be here. I feel great. I feel really amazing. Super excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. So quick backstory and then we're going to get straight into it. I met Nyong'o when I lived in Berlin and I met her through a mutual friend. She is an amazing artist, amazing songwriter. Um, Yeah, she's super fabulous, has the greatest vibes. I literally met her, you know, face to face once and I was already staying at her apartment. So, you know, we're besties at this point. (laughs) You know, <laughs> it's truly, yeah. Met her on her birthday. I'm like, hey, girl, what's <laughs> up? I'm going to stay with you for a few days. <laughs> no, but the way you're just glossing over, like, the, like, serious big fact, though. Oh, yes. So, I, yeah, so me and uh, a mutual friend, we came to her place to style her for her music exactly, video. Exactly. That's why I was in her apartment. Okay. I wasn't just up in there but like, hey, you know what's up? But, but we were working, okay, and it was great. It was magical. So we should we're gonna definitely get into it a bit. Definitely. But, and it was really cool. Baby. Like we and then at my birthday party we had like this really deep connecting moment. And you can play drums mm-hmm. and stuff. That was really awesome. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can. I'm I'm a jack of all trades, you know? you know. Full of surprises. But yeah, tell us about you, girl. About me. Full of surprises. Yes. So about me, my name is Nayango. I am mm-hmm. an R and B artist, a singer, songwriter, and a songwriting coach. I've been working on my EP for like the past couple of, let me say, years for sure, and mm-hmm. definitely been developing as an artist and. Yeah, just building like my business as a songwriting coach and just establishing myself as an entrepreneur in different ways and stuff. So it's like really a lot, but exciting. And I'm just happy to be able to do it. Yeah, it's so cool seeing you, honestly, just just watching you <laughs> grow and, you know, build build life. I love seeing it. I love seeing my people do that. It's really cool. And likewise, yeah, likewise. So- <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> So tell us about your background and what it was like for you growing up. Okay, so like I'm adopted and um but like I'm adopted to not through like an adoption agency, but basically my biological mom is my adopted mom's niece, so I basically grew up kind of in the family. And I grew up in Tanzania and most of like my happy memories definitely revolve around like just playing with my bestie Rhoda and like her family and you know just we used to play like ninja turtles and random games like that and sing together and yeah playing in my garden where I'd pretend to be like (laughs) mini playback show Whitney Houston lyrics and stuff like that 
so yeah i had like a lot of time to just like get to know music as a child basically and mm. also kind of find and understand the world around me because i mean obviously being adopted and suffering that loss you know it's like you kind of have a lot of questions about life and mm -hmm. um i think music at that time gave me a lot of answers so how did you specifically get introduced to the music industry well to the industry that happened way later but i know like mm -hmm. for example my adopted mom and i used to watch a lot of music videos and concert clips together and mm -hmm. i remember seeing like michael jackson perform and i was like oh my god like it's like i just felt like i could do what he does but like not in like michael jackson's way but like in my own way and then just like yeah hearing whitney houston sing like i will always love you it's like just like having someone write lyrics where you just feel so understood and that was just always so fascinating to me so like my first real professional setting i will say is like when i got to tour with daddy rings like as a background singer in uh and i was in university at that time so i just like moved from kenya to germany and it was mm -hmm. like basically this really exciting time of like being away from home i will say and independent and just being able to do whatever you want and so i mm -hmm. got the opportunity to go on tour and i was like oh well, I like this life. It was nothing like I imagined it actually to be, you know, because like I thought, okay, it's going to be like party every day and da, da, da. But like, yeah, working with professionals, they were like, no, we don't party every day. This is a job. You, If you party every day, you're going to be like exhausted. <laughs> mm. And you need to be able to do your job because like at any other job, your boss is not going to care if you went out last night or not. You have to like still deliver and stuff like that. Mm. So it was just like basically learning stuff like that. That was like my first um, initiation, I guess, with the music industry. So would you say that is what drove you to be like, oh, I want to be in that because you mentioned Whitney Houston, you mentioned Michael Jackson, and you were like, man, I want to be like them. I want to do what they do. And yeah, would you say is that it was like, oh, okay, let me go for it. Uh, definitely. Like, I think being on tour just made me feel like it's possible, you know, like I, like, it's not something, you know, like before as a kid, and I think maybe also living in Kenya at the time, it wasn't so common that like international artists would come through. So that life just always seemed like very far away, but like, suddenly I was like in the midst of it, like, you know, experiencing what it's like to be on a tour bus and like wake up in a different city every day and you know, have an off day in between, but like also the feeling of coming home from tour, like just little things like that, that you wouldn't really think of when you just see it on TV, you know what I mean? Or read about it like in a magazine. So yeah, that just made it very tangible and in a way like realistic to me. And that definitely also solidified my desire. I was like, oh yeah, so it's possible, like, okay. It's not too far away from me. I can do this. And mm -hmm. I was really lucky because he was like, Daddy Rings was really gracious. And he let me even sing one of like my original songs in like the intermission. Oh, 
right. yeah so like i was like doing backup vocals but i always like i also had like the opportunity to like still perform and sing like one of my own songs on like an established artist tour i mean it was like way back in the day but like still those were just things that kind of also like encouraged me and made me feel like yeah i can do this you know or i want to mm -hmm. do this as well you know so would you say that was your first solo gig or like your first time singing in front of a stage? No, no. Like, because I used to do a lot of theater and drama and acting in school. So, and we put on like some musicals, but I never took it really seriously because like my self-confidence was a little low, but mm -hmm. I did have a little experience. Okay. So now you, you just, you brought up something and I'm going to put you on the spot. So you said your self-confidence. When did you start becoming confident? In your voice oh okay that's like super easy i think the moment i met my current or like my most recent vocal coach on a taboo mm -hmm. like she really taught me how to love my voice and just get confident with being who i am and even just being happy about like the fact that i exist as a person having that acknowledgement and that reflection was vital and special also for my development as an artist as a singer so like that definitely gave me the confidence I mean she was like also the first black female vocal coach that I ever had and she's active mm. in the music industry I could see her perform so like also having like that visual reference and like seeing someone like you doing it it also gives you like another sense of like yeah this is possible it's not it's not only reserved for a certain type of artist or a certain type of singer i think that is super important because i see that as a common theme especially in our community that it is important for us to see someone like us doing what we want to do because if we don't we don't really think that it's possible for us but then seeing us constantly out here killing the game making millions of dollars we're like oh i can do that because you know she did it i think us having that example is really important for our success and that is exactly why well, not exactly why, but a very big reason why, you know, I have this podcast because I want people to see, hey, you too can be a songwriter. You too can, you know, run a million dollar, six figure, whatever business, you know? Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And having that confidence and having someone, you know, point that out like, hey, you do have, you know, a beautiful voice and you can use it and you should use it. And oftentimes for us growing up, we were, you know, shunned for using our voice, telling us, to, you know, being told not to be too loud, not to, you know, make this person feel embarrassed, you know. And it was kind of like, why do we, why must we shrink ourselves in order for, to make this person comfortable, right? The white man not out here doing it. Uh, whoa, you touched on something, girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, why, why do we have to do it, right? That is so Child. true. That is absolutely true absolutely true like i mean seriously because like i mean working in germany or being like uh living in a german society you realize that a lot of questions that we ask ourselves and a lot of hurdles that we might have to jump or things that we think about are not even like in there they don't like think about the same things we do or like in the same way necessarily because not the same things affect them right i think that too is just with any majority, any white majority country, city, they just don't know. They're ignorant to it. And then we try to explain it to them and it's still like, they still won't fully understand, you know? Um, and I think that is very too, 
very important as well in the German culture. A lot of people won't really experience it because, you know, it's just kind of rare for someone to be like, oh, I want to go move to Germany for two years, you know? But being in that culture, they are very just blind to racial issues. Like, yes, there are, you know, you do find the bunch that are very aware, that are very, you know, straightforward, open and talking. First of all, Germans are very direct, okay? They will tell you what is on their mind. And sometimes it'll take you, you get taken aback. Other times, you know, you appreciate mm -hmm. it. And then other, other times you like, I'm taken aback. I don't appreciate it. I'm gonna need you to like not, mm -hmm. you know? And even though that they are very, you know, aware of their past and then they bring it up a lot, they have, you know, a bunch of historical landmarks and everything, even though they are very aware of their history, it's still like they still have a lot of work to do to learn our history and to actually respect it and stop assuming just because we're black doesn't mean we can't afford, you know, an apartment. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother story. There have been several times where people have asked me, are you sure this is your apartment? Are you sure? You live here because it's for some reason it's super weird for a black person to rent property or own property. Yeah, but also it's like I feel yeah. like also like just getting complimented for speaking good German. We should we should yeah. be past that by now. Like why do you why do you wonder? <laughs> They're like super tired. <laughs> You're like, oh she can learn another language. Wow. <laughs> At the end it really does help us, you know grow and develop into the person you know that we are meant to become so being in germany and as a songwriting coach what kind of challenges have you faced being in that role and especially being you know a black creative a black woman what kind of challenges have you faced and how have you continued to overcome those i think like on a personal level i guess the biggest challenge has been finding balance between making a basic income until like I can basically live off my art completely mm -hmm. so it's like you have this question of like okay make money sacrifice time or sacrifice have time have less money but then you need money to make art going to the studio and stuff that's not free I also like the collaborative energy of being in music and of course I'm grateful for a lot of people who have been very supportive done favors and stuff like that on the way I'm not gonna like say that I got here completely by myself but at the same time it's like yeah that you there are some investments that you need to make walking that tightrope and then also balancing if you have that work and then you have that commitment to your art then balancing having time for your personal life I'm a mom so I have a daughter and she's nine years old so like making sure that I still have time and I can prioritize and be with my daughter and um, at the same time it's like you still have friends on the side that's been like my biggest challenge and as a black creative as a black artist I'm just actually glad to know that I'm not alone I look around me and I see a lot of black uh, female creatives killing it and crushing it and showing me that my dreams can come true on Instagram if someone's super excited and they share like oh my god this and this happened and you're like oh cool so the wheels are moving and things are in motion and there's space being created for black artists and there's a desire for black artists. Like people are listening to Afrobeats all over the world. So there's a desire for African art. Like it's not only monopolized. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to look a certain way. Like with the internet, with social media, you can just find your audience or your audience can find you. The same way I gravitated to my teacher or certain creators or whatever. Mm -hmm. You find your people or they find you. Your people will find you. 
if you are, you know, authentic, if yourself and not out here lying, trying to be someone else, your people, <laughs> <laughs> your people will find you. I'm going to just keep saying it. Community mm-hmm. is very important for your success, for your sanity. And so the fact that you have those people to support you, to be like, hey, you know, there are opportunities out there for you. Let me put you on. Let me, you know, connect you with this person is super, super needed. And I think we need to be more supportive of each other instead of trying to be more in competition with each other. Yeah. And because I think we have this misconception that there's only room for one or there's only room for a select few. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. not true. Not at all. Of course, everybody defines success in a different way. So that's why it's like, why are we measuring everybody by one scale? Even mm-hmm. in terms of music, and like, I've met like many people, some people are like, okay, I just want to write songs for people. I don't even want to be in the limelight. Success is different to everybody. So why do we have to say like, it's only one person who can make it? Mm-hmm. We're all driven by different things and we aspire and have different ambitions. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I can't even fully answer why it's like that, but I think it could just be because greed and insecurity. Everybody wants it for themselves. They don't want to share. They don't want to share the spotlight. And it's at the end of the day, that is a them problem mm-hmm. <laughs> and not a you problem. And once you, you know, make it and you pave the way for other people, that's going to benefit you more than you think. That's going to benefit you more than you trying to shut off everybody else. I mean, if we think about it logically, I mean, I know you love Rihanna, right? Oh, yes. Ride or die. Okay. <laughs> but like, just because you love Rihanna with your with all your heart, it doesn't mean you don't listen to other artists, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. just, you know, so your personal favorite has happens to be Rihanna and that it's okay. It's fine. It's like, just... There's still more artists and they can still have like their thing and, you know, do their thing in their own way and still thrive. And they don't have to be Rihanna and you're not going to like them less or like them in a different way. It's just like in a different mood, you're going to listen to this artist and for a different Mm -hmm. day, you're going to listen to another artist. You know what I mean? So Exactly. And whether I believe it or not, I do not only listen to Rihanna. (laughs) Well... I do listen to her like every day, but ride or die, <laughs> ride or die. You know what I'm saying? But she's not the only person I listen to. But yes, you make a really, a really great point. So along with you being an R&B artist and a songwriter, you're also a songwriting yes. coach. So, what strategies do you teach your clients to ensure that they are successful at? writing phenomenal music well i mean i think that really depends on the level they're on it can it really varies like it can be like okay one person i might be telling them okay i'm gonna encourage you to like take five to ten minutes to write every day just to like get your songwriting muscles up another person might already be writing whole songs and then we're gonna look at okay how can we dive deeper how can we become a little more eloquent how can we give this like some extra meat or some extra spice so that it just has more flavor and it's not just blatant things like that <laughs> but it really depends on like where you're at in your songwriting journey so what are a few okay so now you said oh hold on <laughs> okay so what are a few songwriting strategies then that you teach like exact okay first of all girl you're gonna have to come <laughs> sign up <laughs> i'm just Give us like a little a little snapshot. Well, you can even just okay, say one. Okay, first of all, I'm always going to tell every artist and every writer to always write about what they know. So if you didn't grow up in the ghetto, you don't have to be writing anything about the ghetto. 
Like, <laughs> you know, seriously. <laughs> and I said it like that on purpose. Like, you just have to, you have to be authentic and be true to who you are and have the courage to write from the most vulnerable place within you because those are usually the best songs. That is, that is very true. That is probably why I love Rihanna. She... <laughs> Honestly, I know. But she does have amazing songs and like amazing writers. But honestly, that is that is very good because people be out here lying, writing about stuff they ain't got nothing to do with them that they have never experienced. And it's like, look, for real. And honestly, we can we can snip the right, bullshit. right. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Like the audience can always tell. Man, we've dug into the trenches <laughs> of the internet and grew up. Okay. In in the rich part of town, <laughs> grew up in the suburbs. You know, writing about you grew up in the hood. Stop playing with me. Exactly, exactly. You see, so be honest, be real about like who you are. Because the thing is, I always think that songs, at least for me, because as I was saying, like when I was a kid, songs helped me understand a lot of the world around me. And they were kind of like this like roadmap out of whatever I was going through, if it was like a very sad or traumatic situation or like really deep into it, if it was like a joyful situation. So it's like mm-hmm. I just see like songs are kind of like maps. And if you've gone through something and you have the gift of songwriting and the gift of song or singing within you, then you're going to want to write up a map to help someone get out of the same situation. Yeah. And I think that is the power of music. Honestly, and that is why music is the way that it is. It moves people, it motivates people. It just does things to people that, you know, other things can't, honestly. So tell us about writing, songwriting. So I know that it takes, first of all, I know that it takes guts to to write music, to stand there in front of hundreds, thousands of whoever people and sing, you know, and not get super nervous and start sounding, you know, raggedy and being like, oh, snap, you know. So what type of mindset shifts do you need to take or need to make in order to perform well? Well, first of all, you've got to know that it's possible for you. And there is, unfortunately, like if you're starting out, there is a very long stretch where you're the only one who sees the vision, Mm -hmm. but keep going anyway. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you if and when you stick to it long enough you're gonna find people who also see the vision and who will help you carry or follow through or even uh, execute or go beyond actually sometimes what you imagined even if it's you right now just know that one day it will pay off because honestly i love that you said um to keep going like because people may not see the vision that's that's literally the definition of entrepreneurship. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like people are not always going to see the vision. They're not always going to know like what what is she doing? Why is she doing this? You know. At the end of the day, you just got to keep going, keep pushing on, and then as you grow, people are going to be like, oh, oh. Yeah. we always knew, we always knew. <laughs> Don't even get to those the people that are like, I always knew you could make it. No, you didn't. You were the main reason I was going to quit. <laughs> like I, I, that's, I don't understand that's what's so funny so quick story y'all <laughs> so before I moved to Germany I was working for um so in order for me to move to Germany I had to raise money because I was working with a non-profit organization 
And so there was this couple, <laughs> this couple that did not support me, that did not believe that I could make enough money to move to Germany for two years. And they flat out told me that we don't think you can do this. This is not for you. And I said, okay, bet. Um, well, I'm going to go do it anyway. Because they, they literally like started like a whole meeting with my parents my parents had to tell me, you know, that why I couldn't do it, why I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I literally had this whole intervention, this whole meeting to basically crush my dreams, right? And so at the end of this meeting, I was like, well, I'm going to let you believe what you believe, but I have a meeting to go to, you know, to go raise the money, right? <laughs> and so long story short, clearly, I made enough money. I moved to Germany a few months later. <laughs> Y'all, why these people call me? Talking about, oh, I knew no. you could make it. <laughs> I knew you could raise enough money to get there. And I looked him dead in his eyes. I said, you were the main reason I wasn't going to go. Did you forget the meeting that we had? Did you forget the meeting that you called with my parents to tell me that I wasn't good enough? It's like selective memory. Yeah, nothing it's to like say. selective memory. Selective memory. They want to be a part of something that they, that they were trying to stop in the first place. So my, my advice to you is to keep exactly. going. Okay, when people don't see the vision, yeah. keep going. Like Nayara said, keep going. And then when you are successful and they try to slide in your DMs, reminding yeah. those of those Hey, be like, remember, you were the one who told me that I couldn't. So don't you, and no, you cannot borrow 20 Call Tyrone. Not to Tyrone. No. <laughs> Look, I better call Tyrone. Don't call me. You ain't get nah. Mm -mm, I'm gonna hurt your feelings. Somebody who gonna tell them? And if they hear this episode, they don't. They know who I'm talking about. They know oh what's my them. God. Okay, you you guys have been called out. It's official. <laughs> no, seriously. But what is something that you're looking forward what to is... in your okay. career? Okay. Well, definitely. Since I've been working on my music for so long, I'm super excited to release music. <laughs> like <laughs> just just thinking about it gets me like boop. anyway yeah because seriously i put a lot of effort and energy and love and time and the whole process and stuff like a lot into it and my songs are at a point where i'm like yeah i'm super proud of them and i really really love them and yeah so that is something i'm so excited about releasing music and yeah working on my next album and you know <laughs> you know on to the next on to the next just enjoying the journey i think because i used to be someone who was like pretty anxious a lot mm -hmm. of the times and i could get like overwhelmed very easily but like i've learned to kind of pace myself instead of seeing a big mountain and being like oh my god the mountain is huge it's like oh no i'm going on a cool trip and yeah it's gonna be fun and yeah, so just enjoying the journey. That's basically what I'm excited about, doing what I do and getting more and more opportunities and sharing art <laughs> and artistry yes. with the world. Yes, enjoying the journey is very, y'all, please enjoy enjoy the process. Even though it's hard, even though you're like, man, I just want to skip to, to the successful part. Can we skip to the good part? <laughs> Look, and I don't even I don't even blame you, honestly, because I, I have my moments too. We all do. We're like, man, 
I just want to get to the part where I'm I'm making money. I'm I'm stable. You know, I don't have to worry about where the next paycheck is going to come. I don't have to worry about, man, am I going to be able to pay my employees on time for payroll? Like, I just want to skip to the good part, right? But enjoying the journey is what makes you unique. Enjoying the journey is what enables you to help someone else who's also starting that journey, right? And I think, too, is when you're starting on social media and you have you're starting to build this audience you're starting to build these fans they love seeing your journey right they love seeing you you know in the beginning how you know you're starting this podcast right and you know some episodes it's dark some episodes i'm looking like two-faced you know but then they're gonna be, get to season three i'm like oh her lighting is on mm-hmm. point right mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gonna enjoy that process right they're gonna enjoy like man she started you know in this small room packing up these orders and now she's out here owning, you know, three warehouses and making multi-millions and selling her products in all types of stores. And now Rihanna's wearing her products, you know? So <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the process. And I promise you that when you get the rewards, it'll be much more sweet than just, you know, skipping to the easy part. Definitely. Cause like, I mean, I was even thinking about it um, the other day I was at the studio and we just finished up like one song and I was telling my producer, Baba Omar, I was like, look, this song actually from the minute I wrote it is actually like four or five years old, but from going through the experience, I mean, then writing the song, then like, demoing the song then and then finding the right producer to work on the song and then recording it and then like making adjustments to make it like feel right you know it's just like wow it's grown so much (laughs) I mean for someone who's just tuning in they're probably just going to hear the song and it's like okay to them it's a new song like the first time they listen to it but like for me it's like okay I know how much it took and how much it required of me. And what we don't even think about either is that, you know, that five minute song that the artist created, 35 minute song they created took them three years. We don't know that. We just assume they just, you know, <laughs> whipped it out their butt and released it, you know, <laughs> wrote it in, you know, one day and released it, you know, next week. Like, no, it takes time. It takes years. You really don't know how long it takes an artist to work on an album. So how do you take care of yourself then with all, you know... The writing and the music and all that. I think, okay, well, I'm not ashamed to say that I go to therapy. Oh, no, never be ashamed. No. Yeah. No. It's becoming normalized. Why people are less ashamed to say they go to therapy. We need therapy. We do. We yes. do. All of us. All of us. Like, mm-hmm. I read this meme the other day. Did you have a childhood? Yes. Then you need therapy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Trauma. So I do that and... I think making music is also like also part of my therapy and part of my maintenance and like Mm. how I stay well and happy and good. That is a good thought. Your work being your therapy. Because people out here doing things that they hate that cause them stress. Yeah, I know. I know, girl. And to be able to do things that you love that bring you peace. Yeah, so I think those are like my main things, like music. And music, Mm -hmm. dancing, spending time with people I love. I used to be like a very accommodating person in a way, but like now I'm learning to listen to myself more. Does this feel good? Does this feel right? So also like following your intuition, you know? Most definitely. Listening to your gut, your intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we out here making decisions that clearly, you know, our body is telling us, nah, we shouldn't do it. And then we regret 
the outcome. We regret, you know, even doing that, right? And so listening to our gut is super, <laughs> super important. Listen to what feels good because if it doesn't feel good, the universe is telling you like, hey, this is going, you're going to regret mm-hmm, this later on, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us about a a few receipts, a couple couple of receipts, you know? Is this your your client results? Your is client this, results. This is the humble brag one, right? Oh no, this is not humble. It's just brag. Oh, just brag. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite client results to today? Well, okay. I think I always get like this really special feeling when I see, for example, with newbies. Who are like, oh, I have no idea how to write a song. And then like the moment they realize like, oh my God, I just wrote a song. You know when you see like pure joy on someone's face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. So I really love that. But then also there's like some artists I've worked with who are like, okay, I want to record an album and I want to write songs for my album. So then they've completed that and they've achieved their goal. Or, yeah, and then they go on and they're doing what they do and they have, like, they perform their songs. Yes. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Yes, it's honestly honestly great seeing clients, you know, meet results, seeing them thrive. That's like, man, I'm out here doing, I'm doing good, honestly. It brings you. Right. It brings you peace that, you know, you don't suck. Yeah, girl, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That you're doing your job well. I I, I love seeing results as well, honestly. The look on their face when they show up better. The confidence. For sure. Or like when they start reflecting and they're like, yeah, you know, in the beginning I came in here and I had no idea. And now suddenly it's just like, I woke up last night and I just wrote a song in the middle of the night because of I'm like, yeah, girl. Oh, yeah, boy. Exactly, exactly. We love it. We love mm-hmm. it. So, Nayango, mm-hmm. give us what are three songwriting tips that you would give listeners who are either aspiring songwriters or who just love to do it for fun? Okay, so, like, I have, like, really a lot of songwriting tips, mainly on TikTok, so you can check many of those out there and have fun. Ooh, shameless plug. Shameless plug, I shameless. I just, I, I slid it in, like, smoothly, though, didn't I? It was very strange. <laughs> they didn't even know it. it just, you know. just suddenly happens. <laughs> just suddenly happens. So be honest in your lyrics. Make sure your melody is the best it can be. Because like, okay, your words are great, but your melody is what's going to draw people in. And the words are like what's going to keep them there is what I always say. And never be afraid to edit your songs. Revisit them, you know? It's like, even if you wrote that song in five minutes, you can still go back and look at it again and see, like, is there anything that needs to be improved? Or is this really the way, is the way it's meant to be? Or can I just exchange one word and, like, elevate the song and the meaning of the song, but, like, in a very loving and compassionate way so that you still enjoy your song? Because, like, sometimes we can be very critical with ourselves, especially as creatives, so we have to know that, okay, the judge can come out, but like, let the judge still be a compassionate judge and not like one who's coming to slay you and, you know, make you feel less than for creating something, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So those are like my three tips. Okay. Well, y'all take this and run with it. Take the tips and then run, run. you know, to her TikToks. 
for more tips. Yeah. Can know? I just like shamelessly say it's like Nayango, that my handle is Nayango, N-A-I-Y-A-N-G-O, underscore is underscore music to a friend on TikTok. <laughs> Y'all, I didn't even have to ask her where can we find you. She said, this is where. Let me tell you. Before you even ask. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Nayango, it was so great having you on today, on this episode. I appreciate you and our friendship. And thank you so much. Oh my God. You didn't even tell them though. But like, yes, I appreciate you too. <laughs> And I'm super excited. The reason why Diamonds and My Path Crusts shall be launched as soon as possible. Yeah. So, like, uh, my first... Yeah, girl. So, yeah, you really came through with the styling, though. Oof. I loved... Oh, my God. We're gonna... We're, <laughs> I'm so excited. We're gonna have to have, like, a behind-the-scenes talk about that or something. <laughs> After the release, yes. maybe. If you're interested. <laughs> Yes, I would love to. Oh my gosh, y'all. I can't wait for y'all to see the magic. It was it was beautiful. The way that we pulled it all together, the way it seemed like there was one thing after another, but we made it work. Diamonds, it was, your fashion skills just like, mwah. I was like, okay, so styling. Okay, come through, stylist. <laughs> and she did. She did come through. Thank you. Thank you. You did. You did, you did. You brought like things that I hadn't even thought about, and I was like, Ooh, okay, girl, you are not playing. <laughs> no, she was not, and she does not, and is not. Like, with and will continue to, yeah. Not. So, oh my god, so I'm really <laughs> excited, and thank you again for like really just bringing your magic to that. It was so necessary and so important, of course, of course. Thank you for bringing your magic. Thank you for listening to Talk Your Shit Podcast. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at queen underscore of diamonds. Let me know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a review and tagging me on social media. Stay audacious and I'll catch you in the next episode.